Steve, hello. Welcome to Shooting the Shit. Here we are again. Um, we are talking today about women and healthcare and the workplace because on Wednesday this week, the 7th of April, uh, it will be World Health Day. So obviously lots of conversations going on about women and healthcare at the moment. So that's what we're talking about. But first of all, Hannah, what's your name and where do you come from? My name's Hannah and I'm from Sheffield. Woo! <laughs> and what's your favourite vegetable, Hannah? Oh, oh, uh, oh I, I can only think of fruit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, All right, well, there we go. Oh, what's your favourite vegetable? What's your favourite vegetable, Rich? Cauliflower. Cauliflower. Oh, my, yeah. I think mine's broccoli. I love me some broccoli. Anytime. It's a fruit, isn't it? I like anything phallic, yeah. Yes. Oh, yeah. well, there we go. Uh, interesting thing that's happened to you this week, Hannah? <coughs> Fuck all, mate. Fuck all. Oh, there we go. Right. And right. Rish, what's your name? Where'd you come from? Uh, my name's Risha, and I'm from Leicester. Yay! Yeah. Yeah. What's your favourite fruit, Rish? Uh, what? I was I was getting up for vegetable. My favourite fruit is mango. Anything oh, yeah. mango, I'm obsessed. Oh, obsessed. Yeah, I mean, yeah. yeah. I do oh, like a banana though. Again, no. the shape. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no. And I think, um, but I think mangoes are exceptional, mangoes aren't they? Are mm. Rish, anything interesting happened to you this week? Uh, no. No, no great, great. Wow, what amazing weeks we're all having. Okay, well, and I'm it's grateful. only Monday. Come on, I it's mean, it's Monday. like yeah, you exactly. can go back a week though. You know, the, you last week. Out, right? You can't fucking remember last week. <laughs> all right, okay, fine, fine. Uh, well, I went uh, a big smoke last week. That's my that's my oh, big fun. Oh, I know yeah, it's been a while. Oh, how exciting! It was in the city. It was. Uh, it was work related, but it was fairly pleasurable to be honest, because oh. it was about gin, and I had to go to a launch event for a famous jeweler. So how oh. awful! Oh wow, I'm very how jealous. Awful. Oh, yeah, right. Did you get some laid out I did get uh, some very nice gin cocktails and some pleasant uh, tequila cocktails as well, actually. Um, so yeah. Fine. I don't want to talk oh. about tequila. I have, I don't get hangovers, but I'm on day two of a hangover. Yeah, and that means you're officially old now. I know, I know. And that is because of a ridiculous amount of tequila. Really? Yeah. Well, I, um... I've given alcohol up for Ramadan. I'm doing Ramadan and I have no alcohol for the next, well, 28 days now because I'm on day two. Uh, so that's fun. Great. I um, struggle without uh, the booze. I do yeah. like some booze. Yeah, yeah, yeah. well, anyway, enough about that. So we are talking about women and health and the workplace. I have some facts and figures for you. So actually, they, um, the government, our blessed government, uh, bless their names, um, did a survey actually, which published in December last year, looking at women and healthcare. Uh, and a part of that survey looked at women in the workplace. So some stats from that, only 35% of women asked and thousands of women were asked, said that they felt comfortable talking to their employer when they had a, a, a health issue even if it didn't, even if it was impacting on their, their place of work, they didn't feel comfortable talking to their employers about it. 
only 53% of people said that when they had spoken to their employer, that the workplace was supportive and that they accommodated them and all the rest of it. Um, and then there's loads of facts and figures. I've been reading some articles and I will put links to them in the in the chat in a minute. But generally about women really struggling to find appropriate health care, you know, taking it out of the workplace. Um, first of all, the workplaces aren't supporting them. But when they have needed various things, they've been really fucking hard to to access um, and obviously we will come on to talk about this the impact of the pandemic has has only made that worse hasn't it so hannah first of all have you been in this position have you ever had to go to your employer and said that you've been suffering with something and and, and how was it received yeah so um when i mean it wasn't even suffering i suppose it was suffering but when i was pregnant with naya um i was pulled up in with hr for my uh poor attendance so i didn't i was having migraines which is very common in the early stages of pregnancy and apart from migraines like it's just it's like the first trimester is typically fucking horrendous because you, you know yeah. you're nauseous and the, not only was the yeah and then you know everything hurts Brain doesn't and, work yeah. yeah yeah like it's not a good time it's very difficult to work and and just kind of maintain that same pace and not only was i not supported but i was punished for it um and you know pulled into hr because my attendance was not was was low because of the migraines so yeah that was just one example another example was um i had really persistent tonsillitis for a very very long time and uh, when it came to having my tonsils out in my 30s, it was a difficult operation because I'd had such bad scarring and, um, you know, because I'd had such a lot of issues with my tonsils. And then I got a lot of secondary, I got a few secondary infections. I had some complications, a hemorrhage and had to go back into hospital and stuff. So I had quite a long time off work with it. And again, different employer, I was not supported in that at all. And actually a colleague that I worked with at the time, she also was having her tonsils out and they told her she couldn't have her tonsils out on the date that she'd been given. Um, she had to wait until half term. But I mean, that was, that was just an appalling employer. Like a, a, one of the PE teachers came in with a broken leg and the head wouldn't accept his sick note and told him to get back into work. A fucking oh broken God. leg. Oh and then, and a PE instructor as well. It's not like you can teach that. It's not like history, is it? Just sit at the front and play some videos. I know, oh exactly. my God, that's phenomenal. I but I, you know, I wouldn't. I would not be surprised if that is not happened. Not happened at some stage to a lot of people. I mean, I know when you're, you know, when you're a teenager or, or in your twenties and whatever, you're working bar jobs and, and waitressing and stuff. You know, they're not supportive in any way, are they? But by the time you get to, you know, big girl workplaces, you do expect your employers to understand, particularly for things that are like a serious operation it's not like just like you're off every monday you know you were really fucking poorly and quite obviously so yeah. or i, I think not like... even i think even like if they don't understand but not not uh block you having the operation you know not block you yeah. either taking time off or having the operation absolutely um, that's just obscene, like obscene. Yeah, because, yeah, I mean, waiting lists are phenomenal, aren't they? By the time you get that slot, if you then say, no, I can't do that, you go back on the waiting list and you've got another six months wait or whatever, which is really detrimental. Um, I'll come back to that point. Uh, Rish, have you ever experienced this? 
not in that not not like that no i'll be honest but i think it's more a case of i i just kind of i haven't had to you know quite frankly and, and luckily um i haven't had any you know major issues so to speak um but i do um by default have this kind of uh, and and maybe it's it's kind of come over you know quite a few years and the attitudes that are held towards people that are off sick or you know what happens so it's you know the person that's gone off sick they're off sick right but what is the talk that happens that's in the office afterwards or around them or because of you know what was you know the, the things that have gone on so my experience has been more of the the other side of things and then by that it's also a case of well you know how ill how ill do i have to be to take time off work yeah, you know yeah. and, and, and maybe i should take time off when actually I, you know and i don't you know because there's this kind of guilt um or there's this feeling that i should be doing this that and the other you know there's yeah. a, a whole bunch of other stuff you know to come with it as well i mean that's absolutely a point isn't it we, we did do a session i think a, a, a while ago about presenteeism um, but this mm. is absolutely the thing because it's and i was reading a really interesting article actually that was saying that um most of the health outcomes for, for both this is for both women and men are determined not by health matters so for example you go into hospital to have a, an operation or because you've got the primary thing wrong the healthcare sector can fix that bit what then exacerbates or determines whether or not you're going to come out of that with a good or a bad outcome is how good is your housing how good is your diet have you got proper mm. care when you get home are you going to be hassled into going back into work and then if you are in work are you are you then able to work flexibly take time off when you need it have a phased return all of those basic things if you're not if you're just back in work after three days off you know mm. that is gonna you, you could the nhs could have done the best job in the world but actually you're probably gonna have a negative outcome and well, then that's the what impact, happened to me i went back yeah. to work too early because i felt pressured and worried uh, and then i got a third infection about a week after returning and had to have another two weeks off and, and another yeah. round of antibiotics and you know all the trauma with that and everything so and i think as well a lot of it is the the how healthy you are going into it as well not just what happens when you come out of it so mm. you know have you had access to good food and education mm. and warm safe housing and yeah, all that sort of stuff. But you're right. Is and, and this is this is perhaps you know if we're thinking about this from an employer's point of view, you know, one of the things we'll come on to talk about is sort of better policies and stuff around this. You can put the best policies in place that you want, but actually, it's about that attitude, isn't it? Because uh, as you just said, Rich, if you're going back to work because you're worried maybe you're worried that your your co-workers are going to be chatting shit about you behind your back maybe you're just worried that your co-workers can't cope with the workload when you're yeah. not there i mean mm. hannah you came back off maternity leave really early because you were panicking that we weren't coping without you even though we hadn't missed you in the slightest no you're right i wasn't i absolutely wasn't coping i was counting down the days till you came back uh, but you know there, there's there's all of those sorts of pressures it's not necessarily just a sort of hr thing is it it yeah. can be a, a a cultural thing as to whether or not you feel able like to take that time yeah. off and that's from, really tricky yeah sorry to, to interrupt but from from my perspective is definitely a culture thing and actually you know like thinking back on it I'm, I'm terrible for recognizing things when it happens to be honest it's more like afterwards and you kind of think about it and think what the fuck was i doing yeah. right you know so like i i i went out on the one occasion i had to go to the dentist and it should have been you know a straightforward appointment an hour but actually i had to have some work done whilst i was there and you know the feedback i got was 
because I'd taken, you know, a morning as opposed to an hour, where's Marisha? What's she doing? Like literally that was it. And it's like, hang on a minute. Like I'm there all day, every day, you know, on hand when anyone, you know, and actually it was a contributing factor to me going off and working for myself. Yeah. Um, you know, because of that attitude, like it's yeah. just bullshit, right? But and sorry, on. Well, no, I was just going to say that when you know when somebody's got something obvious, an obvious mm. thing, so they've got an appointment, they've got a medical thing that they're going to. It's it's kind of that that's that's one thing to deal with. What makes that even harder, this situation even harder, is when somebody's got a mental health issue, or maybe they're just yes. at the start of feeling anxi yeah. anxiety or depression or whatever. Because when you're in that headspace your natural inclination is to start worrying that you are a burden on everybody else and that people, you know, mm. so you get in that kind of paranoia. So, I mean, people are just not going to take time off. They're not going to seek the help that they need. And this is what one of the reports was saying, that actually if we don't create those nurturing spaces where people feel able to raise issues in the first place, they won't seek help so that by the time that they do seek help, it's 10 times worse than it otherwise would have been had they just sought help at the beginning. So we're having all of these, you know, we, we look as a, as a society, we look to the NHS, don't we? We're like, I am ill, you fix me, and then we'll go back to work and everything's better. And actually, it, it's the, the domino effect on all of these other cultural factors is, is miles bigger than we recognise. And that's a good point about um, preventative measures, about employers allowing people to take preventative measures. So um, one place that I did work at that was really good, uh, this was a good thing. They gave you a certain number of instances of illness. So it didn't matter if you were off for a day or a week and a half like you had instances of illness and that was to encourage you to actually rest and get properly better because mm -hmm. and, and the same like with the dentist reach like mm -hmm. if you go in like if you went to the dentist more regularly your teeth wouldn't be in a shit state that they are but like <laughs> <laughs> but no so so you know if you allow your employees to go and and have maintenance on themselves on their you know mm -hmm. go to the opticians go to counselling, go and do exercise, go and have your teeth, you know, go to the dentist. If you allow time off for that, then there's far less likely that they're going to need longer time off because they've got musculoskeletal yeah. issues or they've yeah. like got galloping depression or their teeth are dropping out of their head. So, you know, I think healthcare, like always, everyone always says prevention is better than cure. You know, allow your employees to look after their health and encourage them to look mm -hmm. after their health. Um, so that it doesn't get to the point where they're, where they're in dire straits. Do you know what that comes from as well? I just have to kind of put in there because it's. I know. I know we primarily talk about um, you know women's health, um, but um, there is also the. It, it's that kind of. Hopefully, it's it's moving out now where um, there's this kind of attitude of they're lucky they've got a job you know, or, you know, the, and therefore being taken up, you know, taking time off for that maintenance, for example, is a luxury because mm. that's that's kind of how some people seem to think about it. And hopefully that's changing now. Um, I think that's a class issue. So I think that's, yeah. a, that's a classist issue. So, 
you know, if bankers and, and kind of professionals like the, the white collar traditionally, if they take time off for the dentist, it's fine because they're valuable. But if, you know, a supermarket worker or um, someone working, picking vegetables takes time off, fucking hell, they're lucky that they've got a job. They should be working mm. harder. I think that's well, that, I mean, that goes more. so far. That, that, that comes into everything, doesn't it? Like ta even working time directives, you know, factory workers still can can work so <clears throat> excuse me eight nine ten hour days quite legally with some loopholes whereas you know mm. city bankers they start at 10 and they finish at three and they have two hours off for lunch you know and we've always allowed that to happen i do I, when you just said reese that hopefully things are getting better and i, I do want to just throw in the pandemic because mm. i do think certainly things were getting better and we're and we are naturally moving towards a, a, a much healthier workplace culture generally but do we think that the pandemic has negatively impacted this? Obviously, we know the pandemic has had a massive impact on wait times and, you know, people are not going for routine things like the smears and the mammograms because, the, the you know, the pandemic's had an impact on that. But has the pandemic had an impact in the workplace as well? In that some employers are thinking, right, you, you've just had three months off on furlough and I'm and you can't have any more bloody time off. And, you know, do we think there might be a little bit of that attitude on there from, from employers towards their employees? I've that? heard uh, I've heard kind of friends and my network and stuff talk about people, you know, well, you never know if they're faking it, do you? Like, oh, they say that they've got COVID, but I don't know if they're faking it. And I know people whose employers have said to them, if you've got COVID, you get your ass in, like yeah. whether you've got it or not, because there's nothing stopping us now. So, I mean, for me, uh, as an employer, I feel better that people are taking time off when they're ill like i always want people to take time off when they're ill firstly because it stops them infecting every other bugger <laughs> also yeah. you know they need it they're, they're ill for few for less time but i think there's there is now a thing where it, it's it's even more okay to come in when you're ill because you know how ill are you really if you've got covid and get yourself in so i was hopeful that there would be a shift towards you know if you're ill stay at home under the duvet but I don't think there is. I think. Well, my my friend Karen, she's just had a, a third bout of COVID since the pandemic began, and she so that she works in a school, um, and obviously this this week is the start of, of half term. She tested positive on Monday last week, so she was essentially she was going to have to miss an entire last week of the term. And her employer was like, "Well, you, you can't. You know, it's the last week of term. It's the busiest. So, you know, just just be ill now and come in." And Karen was like, "No, I've got a positive COVID test. Until I'm testing negative." I'm not coming into work. And she got shit off her manager for that. Now, fortunately, her, you know, the company had above that backed up what Karen was saying. But this, I think, again, you know, this is rife, isn't it? And now that the, whereas it was, it was 14 days, then it was 10 days. Now it's seven days. Now you've got to pay for a test. So people are not even going to be buying the tests, are they? So, I mean, I think we are definitely, employers seem to me, I've I've heard a lot more stories lately, I think, of, of employers saying, I don't care if you're poorly or you're negative or you're positive, you know, if you're not dying, you're coming into work. Have I think we're going to raise long COVID being an issue yes. as well. Like we don't understand yeah, yeah. that yet. And, um, you know, I think there will be a backlash against people with long COVID missing work. Yeah. Well, and I think that's really serious, actually. We, we need to factor in things like that. Go on, Rachel. Definitely. I mean, well, 
my experience of it currently is is what COVID? It's like it's done. What do you mean? That's over yeah, now. Exactly. We're finished. So 2020, like, 2020, isn't yeah. it? We're, we're, got, we're finished with that. We've got the second highest rates at the moment that we've had since the start of the pandemic. It was right. only, we were only slightly higher in the, the Omicron um, <clears throat> wave. Now, admittedly, hospital rates are still low because a lot of people are vaccinated. But there's more COVID around now than there was. Mm. There's three times as much COVID around now than there was when we were doing lockdowns. And yet yeah. everybody yeah. is in this mindset of we're done. We're done. That was it. Remember when exactly. we had COVID last year? It's no, gone. Exactly. No, I know. It's mad, isn't it? And I think because of that, um, I mean, when, when COVID first hit, everyone was saying, oh, HR policies, HR law, that will catch up. And, and yeah. I don't think it ever will. I just think it will be treated now like the common cold and even though it's not, you know, it's not that yet and it could mutate into something more vicious. Um, I think that's kind of how it will be treated legally. But I definitely think when the when the government said, you know, beginning of March 2022, that, you know, they lifted all restrictions, I absolutely think that gave employers carte blanche to... Yes back to normal get everybody back in i mean it was, it was the ceo of somebody wasn't it i was talking about this on another podcast the other day but i can't remember which company it was but they were saying um you know they want it from monday morning we want everybody back in the office nine to five it, covid is done that's it and and only a third of the workforce actually did it and now they're they're like do we sack two-thirds of our workforce or do we let people work from home so it's mm-hmm. it, it, i think there's people power there isn't there now then <clears throat> i want us to move on please to what the recommendations were so off the back of this government report that they were doing they they gave some recommendations about what workplaces should do to to help women first one was flexible working so i mean we've we've said this with grow traffic this is why we work in the way we do because we said at the beginning we want a workplace that works for women because if it works for women it'll work for men and so we've always had flexible working but that thing of um you know uh, women being able to care for somebody or be off because they're poorly or go and get the child, whatever. That leads to a better quality of life. If you've got a better quality of life and you're less stressed, you're less likely to become poorly. Again, we're back to prevention, aren't we? Do, yeah. do we do we think it's feasible that employers will move towards flexible working? Can most people do it, accommodate it? What do we think? I think it depends on the sector. So I think, you know, kind of... Uh, service industries some might struggle especially hospitality and, and kind of customer facing service industries retail and stuff and we really have to think about that don't we because they are on their arse at the moment uh, yeah, the yeah. hospitality sector in particular so you know how are they support expected to recover from the pandemic and do all of these things to make sure their staff are well that you know if you were an employer in the in a hotel or whatever i would imagine this is a real stress to look at it from the other side yeah, so I think I think you know there's a lot of pressure on employers at the moment to increase wages and and pay more and stuff, and that's fine. Um, you know I do understand that, but I think if you're doing that, then you can't have an abundance of staff to cover as well. Mm. Yeah, yeah, it's very um, difficult, isn't it? You know, because it's it's very it's it's hard i think for us to be able to kind of see the you know see that because you know i work with a lot of service-based businesses that are it's that it's just not feasible for them to kind of you know adopt those types of kind of working um practices um you know so i think that for me in the most idyllic way of putting things i think it comes a little bit from 
you know what happens when you're onboarded into that company in the very first instance and how how the what the perception is of illness and you know for for how things should be treated and where you know women's issues as well so by that point you know I've read things on uh, and we actually had a lady on on one of these calls that was talking about um coaching for menopause in businesses and things like that and if that actually forms part of the conversation straight the way you know that it's it's you know you talk about it openly you know because on one side there's there's that but I also I also think it's kind of dangerous then to say women do this men do this sometimes as well you know there's that separation even though there clearly are differences right um but I do think there needs to be some kind of just acknowledgement of this is the way that we act this is what happens you know yes we've got sanitary wear in the toilets you know get used to it you know that kind of stuff um, you know, I think, yeah, I mean, yeah, you, you've you've covered point two actually there, Rich, which is which is better. But it's all right, <laughs> quite all right. This is this is what we like you to do. Uh, but that that's better provision um, for for workers, and what they mean by that is not just you know providing sanitary towels, providing spaces and, and opportunities for people to have conversations, providing Oki Health, but it's actually widening out the the parameters of that conversation. So you're not just you don't just get time off when you've had a baby. You get time off if you've had a miscarriage or you get time off if you've adopted or you know having fertility treatment exactly it's about widening the scope and saying okay you know at the moment we have a very definite narrow definition within the workplace of what illness is and it's essentially Mm. you've got a temperature of 52 and you're dying Mm. and that's it and actually (laughs) no you know it's this wider thing of, of prevention before we get to that point because actually if you give somebody I don't know, a, a week off when they're perhaps a little bit poorly, you're not then going to have to give them two years off a little bit further down the line when they're very poorly. So it, it's mm-hmm. it's preventative for the workplace as much as it is for the healthcare sector. So I think, I think yeah, as very- well, there's, there's not quite so drastic things that you can do in a workplace. So loads of studies show that having time away from your desk for your lunch is really important. Mm-hmm. So if you've mm-hmm. got the space or the, or, you know, the, really got the space then then create an environment where people are able to go and eat their lunch somewhere else and make it you know perfectly acceptable for people to leave the office on their lunch and go and you know drive to somewhere and get some lunch give a long enough lunch break that people actually get some downtime because there's so much temptation just to work through your lunch or sit at your desk and eat your sandwich and actually that's not restorative do you know what one thing we did as well and i remember this when we, when i was working at the nhs because everybody had a printer on their desk and what the nhs trust said was we're getting rid of desktop printers we're going to have three printers in the building and everyone was like oh my god i'm gonna have to walk miles to the printer but that was the point they made it so that you had to get up there they 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 scrapped a lot of the stationary cupboards and consolidated it into one and the theory was you need to get up from your desk and move around like we're not just going to create a working environment where everything you need is right in front of you you are we're actually going to have to make you get up and go to the kitchen or get up and go to the store cupboard and get up and go to the printer and i think again that's that's just little small things that changes that businesses can make which actually 
Mm. A, a money saving as well as twenty per desk. Bloody yeah, hell! Yeah, no wonder the NHS is on its knees if it's buying yeah. everyone a printer for the desk. Yeah, no, it's very disgraceful, isn't it? It's like prisoners <laughs> having TV. So the world's gone mad. Political <laughs> 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 correctness gone mad. Uh, anyway, so yeah, that's point number two. Point number three is is better policies. So not, uh, I mean, you touched on this, Rich, didn't you? It's, it's about having those conversations when people come into the workplace and saying this is what our culture is you are allowed to be ill you are allowed to talk about us and I do just want to say as well when we're you know we're talking about women in in, in health in the workplace men and health in the workplace is actually much more is much worse because you know patriarchy men don't talk about the particularly when it comes to mental health issues men just don't talk about it so this works for for both genders Mm -hmm. but you know having that conversation at the beginning being open saying this is the type of workplace where you are allowed to be ill and you're allowed to talk about things and if you've got a problem come to us but actually enshrining that into your policies and your workplace handbook your employer handbooks um, and and making sure it's explicit because if it otherwise that it's only as good as the manager you've got in place at the time isn't it i mean the thing is you could pay for your bloody walls in policies but they don't mean shit if you're not actually um embedding them yeah and yes you can tell them this when they arrive but it comes from the top you actually have to demonstrate you know practice what you preach so if you're a business owner don't come in when you're ill and say to you yes. know, if you're having a shit day say to your staff i'm fucking miserable today i'm having a duvet day you know practice what you preach and make it mm-hmm. a, a work, an environment where where people can come and say i need some time off or i'm going through the menopause and i'm fucking knackered or whatever like get me a fan i'm sweating my tits off come on yeah like i think just you know as a business owner as a manager demonstrate model the behavior that you, that you want in your employees and don't make it uh what's the word like hierarchical you know don't kind of do one rule for one and one rule for another because this company this this team are customer facing and this mm. team is finance team so if they're off for a couple of days it don't matter but it does matter if they're you know no have it have it so it's equal across your company that the same applies to everyone yeah and and open i mean we've said before haven't we about having creating spaces for those conversations whether that be physically or or just sort of mentally but saying to people and you need to say it repeatedly you know if you have got a problem you can talk about it here or you can email me here if you don't want to talk about it you know if you don't know how to voice those things um and just making it really obvious but you have to keep saying that to people because otherwise they you know they won't will they They won't um and then point oh I can't remember. It's gone. It's, it's gone. gone. <laughs> so out there. It's very, yeah. very strong coffee. Fair enough, fair enough. Um, and yeah, point number four then. So for better support for women coming back into the workplace. So whether they've been off for 10 years because they've been having kids or they've been off for a year because they've had stress or they're changing careers because they couldn't do the job they were previously doing. So now they're having to do a desk-based job, for example. Um, at the moment, there's there's not a lot of provision for those women. And, and it's the same for anybody, really. We tend to throw people in at the deep end, don't we? But I think it's about about um, encouraging employers to say, actually, you know, a, a woman who's been off for a significant period of time is probably going to need a lot more support. They're probably going to need a phased return. They're probably going to need retraining on how to do things. They're probably going to need flexible working for, you know, six months or, or a little bit of additional support, maybe having somebody there to support their role. So, you know, I think we have to think about 
women have different phases to their lives, as does anybody. Um, but how do we support women through all of those phases and not just create policies that are aimed at 20 year old women that, that don't have any kind of dependence or anything? I think, yeah, I think, um, so where I used to work as well, um, the bad place, as we'll call it. <laughs> the bad place. The bad place. <laughs> um, there was a woman there whose childcare suddenly changed. So I think like the nursery put their fees up and she couldn't afford to get a child in as often or something. So she needed later start times and earlier finishing times and they they wouldn't give it her. so she just started like calling in sick on those days mm -hmm. and her engagement went through the toilet and she was pissing off everyone around her and um and in the end she left you know as you would do while she found another job that could accommodate her and the re one of the reasons was well you know we'll set a precedent but so what? So what? So if what? Yeah, we'll set a precedent that we are nice employers and we cannot get word, have word getting out about that. I know, exactly. Like if you set a precedent that you listen to people's concerns, you respond on an individual basis and you are flexible with people. I don't think that's a bad thing. You're not necessarily saying, okay, everybody's going to now start at 10 and finish at three. Like it's not that. I think you need to be able to demonstrate that you work on a case by case basis and you act with. Uh, humility is that what I mean humanity yeah. humility, humility. Uh, yeah and compassion um yeah both Empathy. Yeah. all of the all of, the all words. of these words, all of words. words. Yeah. <laughs> it's true and I think that's really important as well you know back to being open and honest with people of of saying you know again people's needs change at different times so it's all right to say to somebody you know, I'm not sure you need that provision at this time. We're giving it to this member of staff because that's what they need right now. When this problem or issue or phase of their life is over, they will go back to working this way. When you need something, we will respond in the same way. And actually, you know, we were talking about this on, on Friday's session, Hannah, weren't we? About your employees are not children. You don't need to treat them like children. They're grown ups. They're intelligent people most of the time. Sometimes. So, you know, yeah. Some of them have been an employee. Like, just remember. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, so so you can, they're they, they not, they're not, just because you allow somebody to have perhaps later start days, everybody else isn't going to go, right? Well, I want that now, blah, blah, blah. You, you I think that's the thing. I think, I think there's a fear in business owners that your employees are trying to screw you at every stage like you give them an inch and they're going to take a mile and the work shy bastards and stuff and if that's your opinion then you shouldn't have employees you get, yeah. or, you've or get some better employees. you've got the wrong employees yeah, yeah, yeah. or your company culture is toxic because you should like it's i mean and i don't want to come across as preachy but but it's it's not rocket science to build a company that that has a culture that supports your employees and speaking from experience, you get way more from them because mm. because they're loyal and because they like, you know, they don't dread it on Mondays and they don't throw sickies and stuff because they're, you know, they're treated like adults. They're given progression, they're given respect and responsibility and, and they respond well to that as, as, ambitious humans you know so yes as, as we would if as we, were we would business, yeah like everybody does yeah like you know people everybody has something that motivates them and and your job as an employer is to find what that is and motivate your team not with a stick but with the carrot mm. 
Absolutely. And and so if you're to bring it back round to the beginning, yeah, if you, yeah, you know, yeah, if, yeah. Your, if your employees are, you know, suffering and, and I think as well, you know, look out for the signs. They're quite obvious. If somebody is suddenly, you know, starting to struggle with their workload or they're not as engaged or they're, I mean, we notice it sometimes if a, a member of staff isn't active in the WhatsApp group for a while and then we'll just go and check in on them and say, you know, are, are you OK? Is noticed you've not been as chatty, perhaps. So there are little, there are ways you can tell. And, and be proactive about it because as we said before it's better that they have a week off now than a year off further down the line because their health has suffered uh yeah. Rish, final point wow us with your wonderful <laughs> insight i don't have any wonderful insight today i think um, you say that every week and then you shock us with i know that. well it's not really insight but uh, you know listening to this because you know i i, I most of it, I think, you know, comes from that kind of toxic environment and, you know, just horrible workplace, you know, policies, activities, etc. And I think what what would be, you know, really interesting and I guess, you know, would be quite brave on maybe some employees' parts is to actually ask the team and ask the questions. Because what I think happens a lot of times is that you might start off with all good intentions. Mm -hmm. Right. But actually, you're so ingrained in your own business in the day to day. Actually, it's got shit and you don't realise that because you're in it and you're doing it. Um, you know, but actually the outside perception is very different. You know, you've got high turnover, for example. It might be that, you know, high staff turnover. You might think, yeah, but they're all shit at their jobs. But externally, people are thinking, well, why is everybody leaving there? There must be something wrong. Right. You know, so I think there's a lot to be done um from an employer side of of things and and you have to be kind of brave i guess really to to ask those questions of yourself your business your company culture um to actually make change um and you know because a lot of it also comes from familiarity i think and that whole we're a family kind of style of of working which is not yeah. always ideal <laughs> no, no, and do you know what? And I, and I, you know, I don't want to hold grow traffic up as some sort of pinnacle because I'm fully aware that we've got many flaws that we're working on. But you know, we just have a fortnightly meeting that is a team meeting where we just ask everybody, are, "Are you okay? Is there anything massively going on that we need to know about? Are you worried?" And if you don't want to tell me in this meeting with everybody, I mean, we have it as like a, you know a safe space. You can bring whatever. But if you don't want to tell me here, please come and tell me afterwards. And I just think so many places of work don't do that. They just never say to them. Are you okay? You know, what's mm. going on? How do you feel? Is there anything we're getting wrong? Um, and it's really important just to, to have that conversation. Correct. Well done. Top marks, 10 out of 10. Clever girl. Uh, <laughs> Hannah, final thought. Yeah. I think just, um, you know, don't rely on your policies. Practice what you preach. Yes, mm. absolutely. Very important. And I think, uh, you know, let's believe women. Uh, we've got enough bloody problems with the health sector and doctors, male doctors and things not believing what we say. So uh, yeah. as as employers and in, in the workplace generally, please, if, if somebody's struggling, just, just believe them and have a conversation and see how you can help because you will get more out of your staff doing it that way. There we go. Mm -hmm. That's it. All done. Um, We'll be back in two weeks' time. Uh, no idea, uh, as ever, what on earth we're talking about, but it will no doubt be awesome. Um, if you've watched <laughs> this live, thank you very much. If you're watching it back, you can still leave us a comment and we will see it. And I will put some links to the articles I mentioned in the comments. Um, if you are listening on podcast, please like and subscribe and rate and whatever. And if you're watching us on YouTube, subscribe below, guys. Subscribe below. Um, that's it. Thank you very much. We'll be back in two weeks. Wave, guys. Bye. Bye.